You are listening to the podcast of Richland Hills Baptist Church. We are located in Richland Hills, Texas. Our desire here is to believe, live, and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. As you're listening to our podcast today, if you have any questions, you can find us on the web at richlandhillsbc.com. God bless you. There's something beautiful always as God's people to sing, It is well with my soul. A song that was formed out of a man's grief, and yet it's still being sung in 2023. It's powerful. And it reminds me in a lot of ways what we'll talk about eternity this morning. So if you have your Bible, you can open to Philippians chapter 3. We'll be verses 12 through 21. And we've been in this series of messages called Foundations over the last five weeks in a little different style than we normally do. And so when we take these scriptures, we're looking at the big picture, the bird's eye view, if, we, if you will. But I want us to consider eternity. Now it reminded me, back in the late 1900s, or 1998, actually, I just like saying the 1900s. There was a movie that came out called The Truman Show. Anybody see The Truman Show here? Yeah. Have featured Jim Carrey, a comedian. And I remember a cousin and I, we actually mowed lawns that summer and we walked two miles to go see that movie at the movie theater. And in the Truman Show, this was a different type of movie in a lot of ways for Jim Carrey to do. And in this movie, there was a man named Truman. Truman Burbank lived in a town called Sea Haven. This idyllic, picturesque town. Everything's perfect. The people are perfect. The scenery's perfect. Everything happens perfectly. And Truman lives this life of perfection. But then things start to happen that are strange, that are weird, that leads Truman to realize that there's something beyond this world that he had known, this town. And he began to see that there was something beyond. And and, in this movie, I won't give away the whole thing in case you want to watch it. There was something beyond his world, very physically. And this movie is really his story about how he's trying to seek and find what's beyond. And the thing that he thinks was really real, he begins to find out really wasn't real. There was a real world beyond his world. And that reminds me as we think about eternity. Over the past several weeks, we've been thinking about worldviews, how different people, different, how people see things differently. And as Christians, how we are called to, again, have a Christian biblical worldview. We see the world in a certain way. And so we've talked about several things. We've talked about creation, how God is the creator and the maker. 
And so we talked about creation as a whole, and then we talked about creation of people. God made you and I. You are made in the image of God. You have value and worth. And that's a worldview that we carry with us. And then we, we saw that while that is true, that we are made in the image of God, we are all fallen people. Sin has entered into the world, and sin through sin, our relationship with God is broken. And then we saw redemption. Redemption. And then last week we saw that we have a mission on this earth. We have a purpose and a mission. Our, ultimately, we're called to glorify God, but our earthly purpose mission, the, the reason that we are not gone yet is because God has called us to reach people with the gospel. He's called us to spread the gospel. That's why we're still here on this physical earth. If you're still here, I think you are, you have a purpose. God has called you to reach people. But then this morning, I want us to consider eternity. And I want us to consider, yes, the, the reality of eternity, but how this view of eternity affects our worldview, how it affects how we live in this world. The way that you understand eternity affects the way that you live now. The way that you understand eternity, hear that, affects the way that you live now. So as we consider that, I want us to just think about, first, what is eternity? Now that's a big topic. You could go on and on about that. But at the very basic, you think of a verse like John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So in eternity, we have this picture that there is a life beyond this life, that this physical life where we live, however many years you live, that there is another life beyond this life. That this is not all that there is. There is a reality beyond what we think is reality. There is something more, something great, greater than this physical earth. And so as believers, as Christians, we know and we have this hope that, again, that this is not all that there is. Now, we can't comprehend what eternity is. And we live in time. We live where alarm clocks are part of our life. We live where you have clocks, where you have people telling you to be here in a certain time. We can't imagine what it's like to be in a place that's really beyond time. Eternity. And yet that hope is what should drive us in this world. That hope that there's something beyond is, is not meant for us just to to dream about and to hope it works out. It's actually meant to drive us in this world. It's meant to, to lead us and guide us in the way that we live. So I want us to read Philippians chapter 3. And as we read this passage, I want you to hear the heart of Paul. 
And I want you to hear how his view of eternity affects everything. Actually, I'm going to go back to verse 7. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I counted everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. That by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained this or already imperfect, but I press on to make it my own. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal. For the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that to you also. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you with even tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. And they glory in things and their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await a Savior. The Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Father, may you honor your word this morning. And Lord, may we hear your message and the hope that we have in you. In Jesus' name, amen. So when you read this passage of Scripture, again, the bird's eye view, you see in here how the Apostle Paul, how his view of eternity is going to affect the way that he lives his life now. It isn't just that he says, okay, it's going to happen, and he does nothing with it. No, it, it actually is going to change everything about his life. In that first section there, verse 7 through 11, 
in this passage, this is the mindset of someone who, in Paul's life, he was the religious of the religious. He was the MVP of religion. The goat, if you will. I mean, he had it all together. He had done all the religious things that you could do in that time. I mean, somebody look at Paul and they say, this guy's got it together. I mean, he knows religion. He's, he's good. I mean, in our day, it would be like somebody who attends church all the time. Man, maybe they went to Christian school or, man, maybe they're even homeschooled. They memorized all the books of the Bible. They know it. You might look and say, wow. They're good. And Paul here, this was his life. This was his reality. But do you see what he said? He said, I count all of that as loss. He said, the only thing that really matters is that I know Christ. Paul says, all all those things, they, they are secondary now my, my one desire, the thing that I, that I desire more than anything else is to know Jesus. He doesn't say to know about Jesus. He says, I want to know Jesus. And right now, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. But even Paul knows that I can know him. I want to know Jesus and I, I want to know him. That's his desire. Paul knew that those things don't really matter in eternity. Is it good that people memorize things and have those achievements? Yes. But what matters is do you know Jesus? Imagine if you were working, trying to get a new job, and you come and you come with your resume, and you meet with the the people there, and they want to say, well, you know, why, why should we hire you? What have you done good in your life? And what if I come and I say, well, you know what? I was in the all-county course when I was in the fifth grade. They'd say, oh, okay, well, that's, that's nice. Say, well, I was also Charlie Brown that same year for elementary school. Okay, well, what else did you do? Well, I got my Weeblow patch and the Cub Scouts. Those things don't matter, do they? They're good, but they don't matter for a career. And our things that we do now, apart from knowing Jesus, is just religion. Now, if we do those things with the heart of knowing Jesus Christ, if we do all these things, not just for religion's sake, but because we want to know Jesus, then that's valuable. That has very much value in this world and the life to come. But Paul's saying, listen, those things in and of themselves, they, they are rubbish. And so a person that knows eternity is coming, that knows that we have a life beyond this life, they say, If that's true, and it is, then I want my life to be focused on knowing Christ. That's all that really matters. 
And so Paul is living a life of seeking Jesus. To know him. He says, because by any means possible that I may attain the resurrection from the dead. So he's saying, listen, I know that as I seek Jesus and I believe in him and follow him, then then my hope is that I too will have this resurrection. That death will not be the ultimate thing in my life. So we seek to know Christ. So people with eternity on their hearts seek Jesus. Are you seeking Jesus? Are you seeking not just to know about Him, not just to check the boxes of your life, but are you seeking to know Christ intimately? Are you seeking to know Him? To know more every day? You see, sometimes people think, well, I don't, I don't need to know anymore. I'm good. I've got it all figured out. I've been to the church. I've read the Bible. I've listened to sermons. I'm good. But was that the heart of Paul? No, Paul said, I want to know Jesus. And so we're called to know him, to know the king of glory. And my question for you is at your heart. So a person with eternity in their heart will know Jesus. But then they also, as you keep going on, it's a fervent pursuit. We see Christ fervently, passionately. Paul says, I, I press on. I forget about all these things that are in the past. I I leave them here and I press on. I I put, again, my mind is focused on one thing and one thing only. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Say, listen, that's what I'm going to do. So not only am I going to seek to know Jesus, but I'm going to do so in a way that, again, that's what's important in my life. Too often we, we don't pursue that way, do we? Too often we live our Christian life as if it's something that, well, we'll get to when we get to it. Or something that is just religion. Or just something we've always done. But I have this strange feeling that for many people, In this country. That if the authorities one day came and said, you know what, you can't go to church anymore. Took down our church buildings. I have this feeling that there would be many people that would never pursue again because everything was based on religion. But let that not be said of us as people with eternity in our hearts. No, we want to pursue. We want to pursue passionately. We put our focus on what we're doing. And so we we seek Jesus, just like Paul said, forgetting what's behind. 
and pressing forward? Are you pressing forward? Or are you looking behind? Are you looking around? Are you looking at what everybody else is doing? Or, or you're stuck in the past? We get stuck in the past sometimes, don't we? In a good way, meaning sometimes we get stuck on the good things in the past. Oh, the good old days. Or sometimes we get stuck on the bad things in the past and we say, well, God, you can't use me anymore because of X, Y, or Z. I did that. But we keep pushing forward. Because we know there is a reality beyond this reality. This is temporary. We think this is all eternal, but it's not. And so Paul says, I'm going to press on for this goal of the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. But then I, Paul also tells us something else. As people with eternity in our hearts, we seek to know Jesus. We seek to know him passionately, but we also seek him but knowing that our citizenship Our loyalty ultimately belongs to Jesus. We're citizens of a different place. I think of it like this, that I love the Texas Rangers. I do. I like the Texas Rangers. Jen and I were here when they first went, not first, but went to the World Series in 2011 and 12, right? Was it 11 and 12 or, yep. Y'all remember, it was painful. We went to the games, we enjoyed it, we've got the t-shirts, and I do, I like the Rangers, I, I go to Rangers games, I talk to some of you about the Rangers, but, but my loyalty is not ultimately to the Rangers. I love the Atlanta Braves. And so as long as the Rangers aren't playing the Atlanta Braves, we're all good, but if they play each other, and sadly they won't in the World Series, it's all good. But I have a higher loyalty than the Rangers. In a very simple way, it's the same way in this life. We have a higher loyalty. Our loyalty in this world is not, again, to, yes, we have some loyalty that we're supposed to, but our ultimate loyalty is to Jesus. Yes, we're citizens of this country or this state, whatever it may be. And yes, we have duties and responsibilities, but our ultimate loyalty is with Jesus. And what that means is that when we live this world, in this world, and something happens that tests our loyalty, we have to decide, are we going to follow Jesus or follow the world? Are we going to follow the king of eternity Or the prince of this world. And so it brings very practical questions. As people with eternity in our hearts. When something happens and someone really makes you make a decision. And say hey you have to decide. Are you going to do this or this? And and you know that you should not do one. What are you going to decide? Or perhaps you have some sort of opportunity. In this opportunity, it either, A, it's going to glorify God, and you know it will, but, man, this other opportunity might provide a lot, of, a lot of money for me. What are you going to choose? Are you going to choose to glorify God or just earn a bunch of money? 
Now, sometimes maybe they both can work, but sometimes we know that we have to make a decision. Where's your loyalty? And so as people with eternity in their hearts, our loyalty should always be to Jesus. He says, listen, we are citizens in heaven. And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and He's going to transform our bodies into a glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. But the reality, when we're seeking to know Jesus, when we're seeking to know Him fervently as citizens of heaven, heaven, we have to be careful because there's one enemy that always creeps in. It's complacency. When we don't think about eternity, when we don't consider eternal life, we become complacent. We begin to think that this is all that there is. Where's your loyalty? If someone tested your loyalty today, would you pass? Who do you choose? And so we live with eternity in our hearts. And so we want to know Jesus. But I also want us to see something else. And we see this in Paul's life throughout. That the things that we do have ripple effects in eternity. The things that we do on this earth, they ripple into eternity. Sometimes people think, well, I just, I just did this and it doesn't matter. But everything matters. Everything that you do and say and think, it, it matters. It just doesn't end when you die. The things that we do, they have eternal consequences. If you believe in Jesus Christ, the eternal good consequence is you will have eternity with Him. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ, then your eternal consequence is you will not. If you live your life trying to lead others to Jesus, that eternal consequence is there may be people that you know that are in heaven. But if we neglect, there may be people we know who aren't in heaven. It's always a choice for people to make, but the things that we do have eternal consequences. What eternal consequences do your actions have? Are you living for yourself or for Jesus? Now listen, we all mess up. We make mistakes. We do what we shouldn't. And Jesus, he is, He's gracious and He forgives us. And so we don't beat ourselves up. We don't live in the past. We, we press on. But we also don't use that as a crutch to not live in a way that honors Him. So this picture of eternity, this is how we as Christians, how we are going to live our life. We're going to live with eternity in our hearts, seeking to know Jesus, 
passionately know Jesus and his citizens. That's, that's our worldview. But there are many different other worldviews that will come and try to take place of that in our lives. Some will say, there's no heaven. That's, that's silly. That's foolish. You, you just need to live for the here and the now. You just need to live for today. How do you respond to that? That's what this whole idea is meant for us to think. How do we respond to those different ideas? Because we know that there is life beyond this life. And if you only live for this life now, if you only eat, drink, be merry, and die, if that's all that you do in this life, then who's going to be the focus of your life? Yourself. And let me ask you a question. Are any of us better when we live for ourselves? Is any society better when everybody just lives for themselves? No. And so I believe that this, you even see in that, you see evidence as people who live with eternity in their hearts. They realize it's not about me. And so Christians through the millennia, they have been people that have sacrificed their lives, their livelihood, their, their safety. They have been a people of great sacrifice. Many of the institutions that we have in this country, in the world, they began by Christians, colleges, hospitals. Humanitarian organizations, across the board, you look, so many of them began by people that realized life is not about me. It's about others. It's about Jesus. And so it makes a world of difference what you believe. And many people will try to say, well, again, Christians just cause problems in this world. And it's true, sometimes we do, sadly. But that worldview has shaped our world in many different ways. You can't erase that. You can't erase the impact of people with eternity in their hearts. How about you? What does your life say? What do people think about you and your life? Do you Live your life in such a way that people say they have heaven in their heart or in their eyes. And then listen, it's never meant to be that we're just supposed to sit and twiddle our thumbs and just say, I'm going to heaven one day. I'm just sitting, waiting for it to happen. That's the exact opposite of what Paul's saying. We press on. We've got work to do. We have people to reach. And listen, I may not know all the impact that you've had. You might not know all the impact that I've had, but God knows. Just like that account that Joseph told us about his friend. There are many things that he had done that others didn't know. But God knows. 
And so you and I, we need to live with eternity in our hearts. Knowing that what we do on this life will have eternal impact. And so practically, then you need to ask yourself, I need to ask myself, do I spend my time in such a way that it's going to have eternal, eternal impact? Do I spend my money in such a way that it's going to have an eternal impact? Do I use my physical resources, my home, my car, my whatever the Lord has given us, do I use those things so that they can have an eternal impact? Do I use my hobbies or my gifts and my abilities, do I use them for myself only or do I use them to have an eternal impact? And so that's important. That's the very thing. How are you living your life? Using the things that God has given you to make an eternal impact. Because that's what people with eternity in their hearts do. Are you seeking to know Jesus and to make him known throughout the world? Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for the hope of eternal life that we have. I pray for each person that's here. I pray for you to speak to our hearts. And God, may you show us something that's in us Maybe some area that we need to grow or, Lord, something in us that does not bring you glory. Whatever it may be, God, I, I pray in this moment you would, you would speak. God, that you would show us. Lord, that you'd show us how we can have an eternal impact. Each of us, God, you have a purpose and a plan so God whatever it may be I just pray that Lord you would just Lord let us follow you Lord if there's someone here that, that wants to know more about Jesus and what it means to follow Jesus and to believe in him Lord I, Lord, I pray that you bring conviction to hearts as well Lord, may you move in the way that you see fit. In Jesus' name, amen.